Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, the case for and against changing the ADHD label. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. Women diagnosed with ADHD in adulthood are more likely to have depression, be stressed, and have low self-esteem. It's recommended they talk to a professional to develop better life and stress management strategies. But here are some tips. Identify the sources of stress and make changes. Develop healthy self-care habits, such as getting adequate sleep, exercise, and good nutrition. To learn more about ADHD in women, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. So, tension deficit hyperactivity disorder. Yeah, what a label. You know, we love labels, and we actually hate labels. Um, years ago, I did an interview with Caroline McGuire on this topic about the, the nature of the ADHD, why we have them, why we hate them. Can we change it, not change it, etc.? Because time has passed and these things kind of fall out of, of searchability on the Internet, we release things from time to time, particularly if it's good content. And this is one of them. So with that, we're going to roll the tape. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm, thanks, I'm glad to have you, and I'm 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 thrilled that we're going to kind of touch base on this topic. You know, Attention Talk Radio is all about paying attention to attention, and the first thing I want to kind of talk about are just labels. And um, I'm kind of springing this one on you. Have you ever thought about the purpose of a label? Um, actually, I have, um, because I think that there's always a label for things and the label comes because we as people want to pinpoint something and we want to figure out what category it goes into since our brains are actually wired looking to put things in categories. Yep. 
Well, I think I, 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 it, I, it really makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think a label is you actually name something like Caroline. In the absence of saying Caroline and knowing who that was, you wouldn't really know who you're talking about. So it really is important uh, part of communication process and having people able to communicate and know what a person's talk about. So I think that's good. From your perspective, what's the downside of a label? I think the downside of a label is that um, it – can carry beliefs, stigmas, views um, based simply on the person's perception and a lack of information. And it puts you into a group or a category that you may not want to be in. That's interesting. Uh, It comes with it, this other baggage. Yes. Is that that accurate? Absolutely. I think that you're exactly right, but you know it's funny because I was uh, was kind of listening to and in, in interviewing some people in the past related to Japanese psychology. It was kind of funny because they said, you know, was it fascinating to me? And this is what you know you pay attention to attention is when you label something, you actually stop paying attention to it. Huh. Think about that for a second. Is well, again, once you label it, it's labeled, it's done, it's like c- cement. And I like to to use this as like, and I'm going to ask you just to go with your gut reaction. Because I, I want you to kind of like a snapshot, think about what you think of when I say this. So think of the color red. Now, do you have a picture of what red is in your mind? Yes, it's actually this thing I use with kids where when they're angry, there's like this little, um, you know, man cartoon guy that I have who's like red and his like the steam coming out of his ears. And that's what I think of when I think of the color red now. So that's a shade of red, right? Yes. Well, how many shades of red are there? Oh, I'm sure like hundreds. Well, it's infinite, right? Right. There's an infinite number of the shades of red. But when I say the word red, only one shade comes to your mind. Exactly, and, which is... And you vividly describe the baggage that goes along. Now, maybe baggage is the wrong word, but the views, the beliefs, the perspective that go along with that, that's attached to the word red. Instantaneously, yeah. you went there. Yeah. Did you ponder like different shades of red? I mean, did you have to think about like, you know, a million of them to say, this is the one I think he's talking about? Nope. My brain went right to that visual without any, uh, any stopping along the way. So the, the one, of the, one of the fun things about this show is we want to talk about the label of ADHD in a second, but just paying attention to the word label, is, it's a love-hate thing. We love them. Because we can communicate, we can label some things, but at the same time, as soon as you label something, you stop paying attention to the intricacy. Something as simple as the infinite number of shades of red, that statement comes along a, a, a belief or perspective of whatever. So when I say the word red, you instantly think of that shade, and you think that I'm talking about that shade when, in fact, my shade of red could be completely different from yours. Yes. yes. You think that we're talking about the exact same color. Right, and that's my perceptions coming into things. And so with that, it's kind of fascinating when you think about labels. And again, so we communicate with that stuff all the time. So it's interesting. Let's go into – you coach a lot of, of families and parents in, the, in, the, um, in school systems. And talk to me, like sometimes parents don't really want their kids labeled or do they? What's, what's um, your experience I- with that? I think the label is a huge, huge issue because of the stigma that it carries, because um, 
people assume that they know what ADHD is like when in fact they don't um, because people are, the general public by this I mean, um, are sort of um, ignorant and, and therefore there is a lot of stigma. People almost instantly to families, and this is very jarring for parents because there's a process, as you know, of adjusting oneself to this, and people instantly bring up medication and things in conjunction with this label when, in fact, um, many parents, uh, that's not even in their, in their, you know, mirror. So I think that there's a lot of stigma, but I also think that there's always a label. And by that, I mean that, you know, if you have a label of ADHD, I'm not denying that there's baggage. But mm -hmm. I also think that the other labels I hear about kids who I suspect of being ADHD, who I'm not a diagnostician, so I'm not going to diagnose them, are things like pain, difficult, challenging, willful. And mm -hmm. so my concern is that there's stigma and baggage, but that there is often always a label. And sometimes that label is worse because it's not looking at the child through the lens of this is what, you know, that they're, they're challenged, that they're trying hard and that they would if they could. Yeah. So, so it going just metaphorically. So on one side, if you're, if you're a parent of a child with ADHD and you want to get accommodations, you kind of like the label because you can't get them without the label. Absolutely. But when you do label them, it's only one shade of red. It is only one shade of red, and that's a great analogy. Um, and, and, Jeff, if I can bring this up, a yep. lot of people now use the word executive function. And I uh -huh. notice that it's becoming kind of a code word because there's a lot of different areas that encompass executive function. And I, I've heard people um, refer to kids with executive function challenges partly because there's not as much stigma attached. But mm -hmm. I also think that, you know, there, there's many shades, as you were putting it, on this spectrum, and yep. the label and the word isn't the problem. It's our. It's exactly what happened with me. It's that we go to one shade yep. and we don't yep. look at the spectrum because you know my ADHD is not necessarily your ADHD. Absolutely, absolutely. I tell you what. Let's hold that thought. I want to come back from the break, and I want to kind of expand upon that a little bit. ADHD, and hopefully we'll get some of our uh, our listeners really kind of thinking about some of this stuff. Uh, before we go to break, real quick, uh, to learn more about uh, Caroline, go to NE, which stands for New England, coaching.com. And if you're curious as to who I am and what I'm up to, go to digcoaching.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Our secret word tonight is label. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. 
Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. And as always, we're paying attention to attention uh, in the context of a label. Uh, before the break, we were talking about, uh, the, the, you know, what labels. You can't live with them. You can't live without them. And we talked about how it's, a label is very helpful, particularly that of ADHD, um, if you need to get some accommodations for your kid at school. But, you know, Caroline, we were talking about the, sh- the color red and the different shades. And, you know, it's, it's funny – Years ago, one of the first shows we ever did on Tension Talk Radio was, was with Dan Pruitt in the context of the DSM-IV manual, and that's the, 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 the criteria that used to be used to, to diagnose with ADHD. And mathematically, there was, there was, there was hyperactive ADHD, combined type, and inattentive, and there was symptoms that you, you had to fall into in order to have that classification. And he did the math. And just based off of the math, there was over 18,000 different combinations of symptoms that could get you the label of ADHD, which didn't take into consideration the severity of each of those symptoms and did not take into consideration any comorbid conditions that would go along with it, like maybe depression or learning uh, dyslexia or bipolar or OCD or whatever. And it's funny because I'm sharing that because in that show we talk about, so which version of ADHD do you have, number 15,137, which plays into the shades of red analogy. But going a little bit further is as a parent, you, you want the label if you want to get the accommodations. But then you have another problem is, is you got the label, but all too often they're not looking at which version of ADHD you have. So then there's the generic accommodations they throw out, like sit in the front of class, which you and I know sometimes you need the kid to be back a class where he's standing up and kind of move around. Thoughts? So I think there's a lot there, Jeff, and I, want, I definitely want to respond. So first, um, I absolutely agree with the 18,000 symptoms, and the severity is really important, right? And the comorbid, I hate the word comorbid, but the comorbid yep. conditions, um, learning disabilities, learning challenges, social challenges. And, you know, I always, always, when I describe this, when I give talks, say there's a spectrum, right? And there are people who, and all of us have a different way that it all comes together in the brain. And Michelle Garcia Winner at Social Thinking calls this um, diagnostic soup, that in fact, we all have these little pieces and they come together. And I think we do need the label for accommodations. Um, I think often you have to work with the school as a parent or an educator to educate them on what particularly the kid needs. And I think, you know, I was thinking of something, too, when you're talking. I know that you're a swimmer. You, you coach swimming. You work mm-hmm. with swimming. You work with your own kids. And, you know, one of the things that many parents might want to think about is the label doesn't just get you accommodations at school. When you're working with coaches and activities, it's, it's sometimes very helpful. You know, coaches have dealt with this a lot, and they'll, they'll know, well, yeah, no kidding, your kid has ADHD. But what always is interesting is I find they're often very receptive when you say, look, I'm not trying to be a Budinsky, but here's the way this kid works. And here's what their ADHD looks like. And if you get in the water with them, like, for instance, with my mm-hmm. daughter, and you look her in the eyes, 
you're going to get much better results for the rest of, of the time than if you just sort of say, hey, are you paying attention? So what I think is important about that lens is it, it does shine a spotlight on what it is that kid needs to be successful, and it allows other people to sort of step into that spotlight. Well, I'm going to kind of agree with you, and I'm going to kind of disagree a little bit because, yes, it categorizes it, right? But I think, again, it creates the, oh, this is the shade of red it is, and then the parents got to fight to say, no, it's not that shade of red. It's this shade of red over here. And it can be done, but the parents have to realize that because all too often people will latch on to that shade of red or that version of ADD and say, no, listen, my kid's not eight, version 18,000. It's version 13,751. And it's important for you to know that difference going in. So you like the label to get you in, but sometimes that label actually makes it more difficult for them to see the differences in your child and what would really make a lot of sense. The other thing that's interesting to me about a label is it can misdirect your attention. So my question to you, Caroline, do you see ADHD as a deficit of attention? In other words, a person can't pay attention. I think I see it actually as the under aroused brain. So I think that, to say the person can't pay attention is sort of an oversimplification because a lot of times the self-regulation issues and, and executive function issues means the person's paying attention. They're just paying attention to the wrong thing um, or they're in hyper-focus. So I think it's an issue of underlying executive function and self-regulation. Obviously, here's, attention comes out. Yeah, but here's the thing is because people see deficit of attention, that's what they're looking for. And in the interviews that I've done over the years, I found Dr. Barkley's new construct to be amazing because he talks about ADHD as being an executive function and really a self-regulation issue. And when you begin to look at ADHD as a self-regulation issue, you can find that, yes, sometimes their brain isn't ignited and they can't engage their attention in something that, that you might want them to, but they're going to pay attention to something, and sometimes those are they, they, they get so engrossed that their issue is not paying attention to something that's actually stopping like a kid playing computer games. They're, they're paying attention, but they can't stop, walk away, and go do their homework or go to bed. And my, my point really here is labels, you love them and you hate them, but sometimes they misdirect your attention because if you're looking for deficits of attention, you can't find you, – you're not looking for what they do pay attention to, which makes, creates a real problem and a real confusion. I think that's true. Look, it's not an uncomplicated thing. And child development, remember, all of our development is not an even thing. It's not that everybody sort of, you know, it's not a souffle that bakes up and there's, a, yep. and there's an end point and a beginning point and what it's supposed to look like, um, in air quotes. But I, and I think that there's definitely um, a distraction that occurs because of the label. But, but here's my, my other sort of um, flip side to that which is that if the child needs that label in order to start the journey of finding out what they need to be successful, then the label shines a light and gives them those assistances and supports that they need. Yes, which is one of our points of the show is it's a love-hate relationship. You can't live with them. And you can't live without them. Yes. So what I want to do is I want to go to break. 
when we come back, I want to talk about the, the actual ADHD label. We'll talk about it and the notion of actually could we change it or not. So with that, everybody, kind of hold that thought. As a reminder, to learn more about Caroline, go to NE, stands for New England, coaching.com, or you can learn more about me by going to digcoaching.com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Our secret word tonight is label. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. We're paying attention like there's like we never have before in the context of a label. And we're becoming to realize that we love labels and we hate labels at the exact same time, almost for the same reasons. Um, we've talked about labels help communication, but they, uh, when you label something, you quit paying attention to it. And we talked about how labels can misdirect it. I'd like to kind of talk now about the label of ADHD, because after all, it's, it's, it's really kind of an off-putting word. Um, have you heard of anybody, Caroline, that's actually embraced that name? <laughs> I think that uh, some people embrace it in the sense that they have self-acceptance, but I don't think it's a great word. I mean, I think it's one of those words that someone conceived without understanding that there would be, what, 15 million people in America yep. alone who would be taking that label on or or looking toward it. So I think that that, that it's not the greatest word and and the word deficit and disorder being in there um really don't help to promote the um methodology and feelings that you and i have which is that it's a gift that needs to be unwrapped so deficit is like a loss a lack of a disorder not being falling short it's just it's so yeah it's and at the end of the day, we do know that those with ADHD, that if it's treated uh, or properly diagnosed and treated, there's a lot of hope. And so Dr. Hollowell talks about the, the power of hope and the need for hope to help people actually kind of move forward. And that, that label is just kind of flies in the face of all that stuff, which is just kind of ugh. So my question to you, Caroline, why don't we just change the name? Well, I think that there are people who would love to change the name, but here's the issue, Right. If you change the name, does that really change everything or does the stigma and misinformation that's out there just attach itself to a different name? So, so let me give you an example, Jeff. Um, I'm working with um, a school and the school is a wonderful place. Obviously, they're trying to improve the way that they help kids um, by having me as a consultant, but there's teachers who are definitely um, mis informed and also not necessarily as loving and kind to our little friends as I would like them to be. And then there's other teachers who are wonderful. And one of the things is that 
if the way someone behaves um, is, is something that bothers you, you know, the, the actual name of the label is not as important because really the issue is their own ignorance and their own lack of understanding or seeing the great and beautiful things about these kids. And I just, I don't know if we change a label, if that is going to change. You got an interesting point with that may or may not change, but certainly maybe something more positive would kind of help those people on the fray, maybe in the gray area. Well, yes. And that's the thing. My concern about the label is that I feel it keeps people from going and seeking help. And that help is a game changer. And I want people to be everything they can be. And the way our brains are, that may mean a different path. Well, you know, it's, it's fascinating because you talked about seeking help and it being a barrier to that. The negative name goes back to all that baggage and you're just seeing, you know, I'm looking at that's the shade of red, which might, by the way, I didn't think about this at the beginning because red is really usually like a kind of negative kind of color. Um, like green is go, red is stop. Interesting. Right. Things that make you go, hmm. But anyway, um, it's interesting because this show all came about because of an interview I was having with Dr. Barkley, I think five years ago, talking about his construct, and he was calling it executive function deficit disorder as a way to shift minds. And I said, Dr. Barkley, if it's really not a deficit of attention, why don't we just change the name? And here's what he said, which is fascinating, is that there have been a lot of people who have fought long and hard to get ADHD recognized, and it's actually written in to many laws, regulations, and hard-fought accommodations. And if you change the name, that would go away. Well, and that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm saying that you know, on some level, um, would I would I have had a different name? Probably. But with with the name comes these legal protections, and um, the only way to really change things is to educate. And that's happening more and more. Um, and I wouldn't want to lose those protections because I have lived my whole life growing up without accommodations. And, you know, it wasn't that easy. Yep. So the, at the end of the day, what I really wanted to kind of highlight in this show was, hey, lo- labels, you love them and you hate them at the same time. And the difference between you label it, you can name it. But when you label it, you quit paying attention to the many differences, which is an issue. So you, you might not want the label for your kid or yourself at work because you don't want to be pigeonholed. But at the same time, you might need it to get what you need. And even then, it can kind of create a problem because once you're, once you're labeled that, it's have a hard time getting other people to see things. It can misdirect your attention so people can have misconceptions based off the label. At the end of the day, we don't like the label of ADHD, but we kind of are stuck with it because of all these hard-fought things, and to let it go would be a problem. But at the end of the day, I think the argument really centers around the negativity and the stigma as a result of it, and what do we do with that? And I'm not so sure that this is the right thing, but I have talked to some other people, and it's been amazing how other um, social sayings have come around, and they've picked up something and kind of changed the perception. So like autism speaks 
is something everybody's kind of rallied around, and they talk about it. There's more awareness kind of coming out, and there's more general acceptance. Gay pride is another one. They came out and talked about that. They come out. As a community, those people are kind of coming out and say, we're, we're loud and we're proud. And as a result of that openness, while it hurts the individual at times, collectively the community coming out is, is, is increasing the acceptance of it. And the one thing about ADHD is, is it can be challenging for a person to make that disclosure at work or school, but the more people are talking openly and freely about it, the more accepted it is. And I know, Caroline, when I grew up, the labels of brace face and four eyes were things that were negative connotations if you wore glasses or you had braces going up, yet now those have all melted away, and it's commonplace for almost every school-age child. And so I, I highlight that as something to think about because – the negativity of the space as we go forward, the more we educate and the more, more the community speaks out collectively, maybe some of this stuff will melt away and they'll see themselves as an individual. So I, I say all that kind of stuff. You want to chime in with your thoughts? Well, that's exactly the thought that I often articulate to folks and, and in the work that I do with different organizations educating around ADHD um, is that, you know, as a community, we can increase acceptance, and part of how we need to do that is to um, not confront aggressively, but educate around when someone is misinformed. And also, you know, those movements are exactly what I think needs to happen because it, it creates greater acceptance. It also creates a feeling that it's unacceptable to be so ignorant. And, you know, I know we talked uh, on this show a lot about, um, you know, the fact that as our kids go out there in the world, um, we give them sort of that, um, what Dr. Roberto Olivardia calls ignorance protection plan. And, you know, I think it's really important that we spread the word about what it really is um, and empower people to try to take a look at it. Because to me, um, you know, it's slightly unacceptable that people are allowed to say things that are really unkind and hurtful. I know it's going to happen, but I think education is the way to really shift that because we've seen it over the past 40 years in other yep. arenas. Absolutely, absolutely. So we need to wrap this up. Any final thoughts or comments? Are we, have we done labels justice today? I think we've done label justice. I think that the simple fact is there is a love-hate relationship with the label, but Dr. Barkley is right. There are a lot of protections that are afforded because of the label that are attached to it. Probably isn't going to change, but how we approach the larger education can change things, and there are models out there we can follow. Absolutely. So well said, Caroline. Everybody, I want to thank you again for tuning into to this edition of Attention Dog Video. I want you to go check Caroline's website out at NE, stands for NewEnglandCoaching.com, to learn more about me, DigCoaching.com. So with that, Caroline, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thank you. Everybody, we hope you've enjoyed it. Check us out next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Take care.